going on guys welcome back to another episode of the spectators my name is julian and i am here to go over all of the madness that has gone on in the first two rounds of the march madness ncaa men's tournament thank you guys for listening as always let me know if your bracket is busted i know everybody who had a bracket on the major platforms did have their bracket officially busted with i want to say it was like one of these upsets there's so many upsets i i couldn't even keep up there's so many double digit seeds still in this tournament that's just insane uh, we have several teams making further runs than they were supposed to several teams that were supposed to be making runs that didn't and we're going to get into all of the things that just don't make sense so if you haven't been able to watch games i got you let's get right into it we're going to pull up a bracket right here and we are going to look around. We're just going to, first of all, talk about the teams that took care of business. Baylor took care of business against their two opponents, Hartford and Wisconsin. Uh, North Carolina, we'll talk about real quick. They laid an egg against Wisconsin. Looked absolutely awful. Roy Williams' first ever first-round loss in the NCAA tournament. So that's a big win for Wisconsin, but then they kind of got blown out next. Uh, Villanova had a pretty easy run playing Winthrop in North Texas. They get Baylor, and the reason their run was so seemingly easy, obviously runs are not very easy in this sport. Uh, March Madness, everybody in this thing is good. Uh, but Purdue loses to North Texas in one of the first upsets that happened in this whole thing. North Texas gets the L to Purdue. No, North Texas beats Purdue. They hand them an L. Here you go. They hand up an L. Purdue loses again early in the tournament. This is something that we've seen a lot from Purdue lately. North Texas advances. They're the early Cinderella's, but then Villanova handles their business. Goes on to take them. Another team on the other side, uh, Gonzaga, takes care of business. They've the one overall seed, so they are the top dogs in this tournament. If you know what I'm saying. Go Bulldogs. Um, they handle Norfolk. They handle Oklahoma. Both games, Norfolk was a blowout. Oklahoma games, close. Then it became one. Uh, Creighton, exact same situation. Like, identical to the Villanova thing. Another Big East team coming in. They play US, UCSB. They actually struggle with this game, though. This They win. They squeak out of it by one. Then they get to play the lower-ranked Ohio team. They have a great story. They play the defending champion Virginia Cavaliers who have been defending the throne for two years now. Another insane. A lot of crazy stuff going on. Ohio has a great story. They have this kid Jason Preston on their team. He was uh, a beat writer for the Pistons and he was just a ball player. He would make his own mixtapes and he started producing his own mixtapes and sending them out to people. Kid on Ohio saw it, showed it to his coach and said, Coach, this guy, this guy got something. They are, they go ahead and throw him a scholarship offer. And here he is on the biggest stage providing a win over the defending national championship team. Really cool story. If they would have beaten Creighton, he'd be the darling of the tournament. They come up a little bit short. He didn't have his best game against Creighton, but it's all right. There was a great story. Anyway, another upset. Ohio beat Virginia. Creighton beaten. Ohio, Gonzaga versus Creighton, two, two Sweet 16, one versus fives that we got going on. 
Go back to the south real quick. Pretty chalk for these two games. Texas Tech plays Arkansas in the second round. Both of them took care of business in the first pretty handily. Uh, Arkansas in a nail-biter beats Texas Tech. Texas Tech almost forces it to OT, misses a layup at the end of the game. Arkansas pulls down the layup or pulls down the rebound. Arkansas gets the win by two. The number three, Arkansas Razorbacks go into the Sweet 16 facing the second ever number 15 overall seed. Not 15 overall, but 15 seed to ever make the Sweet 16. The first one, Dunk City. Florida Gulf Coast did it a couple years ago. They beat Georgetown. I don't. I think they beat Purdue in the second round. I want to say they beat Purdue. They advanced to the Sweet 16. Oral Roberts starts its run, beating number two, Big Ten, Ohio State. They beat the Buckeyes. It took overtime, but they beat the Buckeyes 75-72. Then they go ahead and play Florida. So they play in two, like, dominant teams. These are two teams that played each other in the finals back-to-back years i mean this is like 13 years ago now but these are dominant programs historically oral roberts beats both of them in back-to-back games in upsets as a 15 seed now they get the opportunity to play the arkansas razorbacks for the sweet 16 and an opportunity to make it to the south championship going back to the west USC handles Drake. Kansas handles Eastern Washington. Not really, though. Eastern Washington gave Kansas everything and a bag of chips that they could have handled. Kansas figures out a way to extend the lead, but this game was not a nine-point win. This was a very close game. Kansas did not look very good. USC saw that, came in with a game plan, and whooped up on Kansas. 34-point loss for Kansas is the biggest of theirs ever in the tournament under Bill Self. That's something they got to look at, and something's got to change in Kansas. It's been too many years now where it's just not worked. So they got to go figure out something going on over there for the Jayhawks. Then you got Oregon. Got a no contest against VCU, actually. VCU had too many guys with COVID and players and coaches and staff members that had COVID. Unlucky. Not fun. Nobody's happy about that. Oregon doesn't want to win that way. VCU certainly doesn't want their season to end that way. But that is the rules that we determined before the tournament that if multiple cases on the team were going to happen, we were just going to not play the game. Oregon advances, no contest, to play Iowa, who whooped up on Grand Canyon. Luca Garza played really well in that game, and he comes into this Oregon game and drops 36 but his 36 is not enough because Iowa could not get... Iowa had two starters score points. Two. Luca Garza had 36. Their other guy had, I think, 16. And they had no other points from their starters. You are not going to win a game like that when Oregon scores 95. And I want to say 90 of those 95 came from their starters. Not going to win that game. Oregon's offense looked as good as anybody in the country has all year in this game. And if they keep this up offensively, that's going to be a team that is very, very scary. Whew, we're moving quick, but there's a lot. There's, I mean, again, there was 32 games the first two days, and there was another 16 the next two days. A lot of basketball, almost 50 games worth of basketball. Actually, 50 games on the dot if you count the first four games, the first four in, so UCLA, Michigan State, and Drake versus 
Wichita State. Took a second. I remember. Don't think I don't remember. Michigan and LSU both handled their business against their lower-seeded opponents. Michigan then comes into play LSU. It was a good game for a little bit. It just kind of got out of hand for LSU. They didn't have enough in the tank. Michigan was too deep. Michigan was too strong. Michigan advances to the Sweet 16. Colorado beats the upstart Georgetown uh, Hoyas. And Georgetown was under 500 actually coming into this tournament, but they did make a run at the end of the year. It was a great run for Patrick Ewing and his squad, but we knew they weren't going to be the ones making the upsets in this one. The ones making the upsets are the teams who have played well all year. Georgetown was just not that. Colorado beats them pretty handily and another Pac-12 win. The Pac-12 has been fantastic this tournament. Unlike every other conference, the Pac-12 has been really good. Florida State plays UNC Greensboro. They beat them pretty handily. Florida State didn't play their best brand of basketball either, but they do get a win, and that's all you need to do. You need to survive and advance in this tournament, and you'll go some places. Uh, Colorado shot 16 threes against Georgetown. They did not do that against FSU. FSU absolutely locked them up. FSU wins this game almost by 20 to hand the Pac-12 their first and only loss through the Sweet 16. Another Pac-12 team, BYU. They played Michigan State. They played BYU. And they played Albine Christian. They beat all three. The 11 seed UCLA Bruins are the second 11 seed to reach the Sweet 16 this year. They face off against Alabama, who faced uh, Rick Pitino's Iona squad and the Maryland team both of which they kind of just whooped up on. Alabama's offense has looked really good to this point. So Alabama versus UCLA. Uh, I'm not going to just brush over it. Albine, Christian, and Texas. One of the weirdest, grossest, grimiest games I've seen in a long time. Albine, Christian shot around 30% on the game, and they beat the number three Texas team. That's how sloppy this game was. Texas has 23 turnovers. 23 turnovers versus the number 14 team in your bracket. That's not going to win you basketball games, especially in March. Didn't happen this time. Texas gets upset. A 14 seed beats the 3 seed in another upset. If your bracket wasn't busted already, it surely is by now. And so now you got UCLA versus Bama. And in the one bracket that is fully busted, because that one was pretty chalk for the most part. The only team that got upset was um, Texas. And then I guess BYU, but I think a lot of people saw good, a lot of good in UCLA. Um, Illinois beat Strexel pretty handily. Loyola has a very tough, very gritty game against Georgia Tech, the fully opposite of the Albine Christian game. Georgia Tech shot 66% in this game and lost by 11. That is not something that happens very often. If you shoot that well, you typically win the game or you're at least scoring 80 or so points. They don't do that. Loyola wins. Loyola goes and plays the number two overall seed and number one seed in this bracket, Illinois, and they whooped them up. Absolutely whooped them up. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say. Illinois couldn't get anything going. Kofi wasn't rolling. Um, I can't pronounce his name. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. The guard for Illinois, who's been fantastic all year. One of the guys up for player of the year, the Wooden Award. 
Um, he's not going to win it, but he's up for it. He did not play very well. Nobody really played very well. Every single bucket that Illinois scored was a struggle. They couldn't create. Everything was stagnant on offense. Everything was so slow to develop. And Loyola showed that they shouldn't have been an eight seed. I think a lot of people were upset that they were an eight seed because that meant they had to play a one this quickly. And I think a lot of people thought that Loyola should have been a three or a four overall. I think people thought they were going to be that good. And they certainly are proving that. They're in a Sweet 16 playing against another upset team in Oregon State. Oregon State upsets Tennessee. A pretty good Tennessee team that had their ups. They had their downs all year. They ended up being a five seed. And they got manhandled in this first round. They played Oklahoma State after with Cade Cunningham, likely the first overall pick in the NBA draft in 2021. He did not play well in this tournament at all. Oregon State continues their Pac-12 run to the championship to get in the tournament, much like Georgetown, but they had injuries and they didn't play together until the end of the year. So they were figuring it out, whereas Georgetown just like pieced together a run. But this was a team actually learning each other, actually playing together, learning each other, and they've beaten two pretty good teams, and now they get Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16. It is the first time the Beavers and the Ducks, the two teams from Oregon, have ever been in the Sweet 16 at the same time. So that's pretty exciting. There is a potential for a Civil War final or final match. Don't think it's going to happen, but there, it, it, weirder things have happened. And that rounds out the Sweet 16. That rounds out the Sweet 16. The teams that I've personally been the most impressed with are going to be Gonzaga, Baylor, Oregon. A little bit of bias. I'm wearing my Syracuse jersey. I like Oregon a lot. I went to school there. But, I mean, realistically, the two one seeds in Gonzaga and Baylor, Oregon looked incredible in their, it, to be fair, their only game, but against a very, very talented Iowa team after a bunch of days of rest. And days of rest are not something you like in basketball. Baseball, they're kind of nice basketball eh, it's nice to stay warm so you have those teams have been impressive to me so far again Alabama's looked really good with their offense and Syracuse and their zone have been as they always are disruptive they don't let teams get into their flow they don't let teams get into their rhythm those are the teams I like pretty much in all four of these sides um, I know Gonzaga and Oregon will have to play if they both win the rest of them wouldn't meet until the final four or the finals. But those are the teams I like so far. If there's going to be a team to continue to do the Cinderella dance, I don't know if I consider Loyola to be Cinderella because, again, I think they should have been ranked higher. I really, really do. And I think, again, most people who have been watching Loyola play at all this year, we will tell you, this is not an eight seed in this tournament. They should have been a four. So I don't think saying they advance is calling them a Cinderella, but I think Syracuse keeps up the Cinderella. I think it's over for Oral Roberts. I think it's over for Oregon State, and I think it's over for UCLA. So I think you're getting three of the Pac-12 teams are going to wind up losing. Obviously, one of them has to in this Oregon USC game so at least one will be advancing until the elite eight so that's kind of cool for the conference especially a conference that a lot of people overlooked all year big 10 got all the show all the spotlight it was a down year for the ACC 
people thought this is man, this Big Ten is crazy this year. It was a down down year for the Big East too. Tournament is showing. Pac twelve have been very good. They are nine and one in this tournament. Nine and one. There's a, there's at least gonna be one loss coming in this next couple of days. I I'm assuming there's gonna be three, but you never know. There's crazier things have very clearly happened. Um looking at this so far, I wanna know. This is gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode. I know I kind of been zooming through it. It is just me today. So not a whole lot to talk back and forth with. But what I will say is that I have had so much fun with this tournament. I want I want to know, everybody who's been watching the games, is watching as much as they can, if you've been able to sit down and just watch these games, how long were you on your couch or your bed or your, your gamer chair, whatever you were on? How long were you just sitting here just watching basketball? Because on Friday, I, I promise you, I sat here and didn't move from this chair from noon to like night at night. Didn't move. All basketball. The whole day. And it's been so much fun. And it kind of took a year of no March Madness to remember how fun this tournament is. Especially with how insane this one has been in terms of upsets and in terms of good games. We've had so many good games already too. I love it. This tournament means a lot to a lot of people. Especially these kids, these seniors, everybody's put a lot of work in. And, you know, guys like Luca Garza, who have given all they can to their programs and have had incredible careers. He could have gone to the draft last year. He came back because he wanted to try and win a championship with his team. They fall a little bit short, but that does not take away the amazing careers that these kids have had, especially with these smaller schools. Teams like North Texas, teams like Oregon State and Ohio and Oral Roberts and Albine Christian and UCLA. Like, these are teams that these wins matter. They matter because even though they might get bounced in the next game, they can go recruit somebody and say, hey, we put not only a good enough product to win our conference every year or come close to winning our conference every year, but we can compete with those guys. These guys in the big dance, not only do we compete and belong, but we win. And it's it's really good to see these organizations kind of break the, the power dynamic, especially when you don't see Duke and Kentucky and Michigan State and Kansas and Ohio State winning like they have in the past. I mean, the only true blue blood left in this tournament is Michigan, and I don't even consider them a blue blood. Honestly. So <laughs> there's only one left, and they're kind of not one. It is a fun year to be involved in March Madness in college basketball. Let me know how busted your guys' bracket is. Let me know if you're winning your if you're winning your bracket challenge, if you're losing your bracket challenge. I know like I'm in third or fourth in the spectators one. There's a lot of you guys that are in that, which is awesome. Thank you so much for joining our bracket challenge and just having a good time with us. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying that so far. And you get a sweet t-shirt if you do win it. So I know you guys definitely want to win that one. Um, we'll make some more merch for newer things in the future too. And hopefully you guys are down to try and win those as well so thank you guys again for watching for listening as always 
Make sure you go follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, at underscore spectators, and on TikTok. Now, we're putting out cool content there on TikTok. It's just some fun stuff that we enjoy and think is funny. Again, if you're not watching this on YouTube, go ahead and hit our YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe. Like if you like the video. Tell me who you think is going to win. We got 16 teams left. The Sweet 16. We got four Pac-12 teams, two Big East, and a bunch of other fun teams. Let me know who you think is going to win. And um, thank you guys for watching. See you guys next time. Peace.